Paul Champanellian. Alongside me is Kirk Pinchon. Yay! Woo! We're back. <laughs> yeah, the boys are back. That's right, baby. We should. I, I should change the bed music for the episodes to "The Boys Are Back in Town" every every episode. No, you shouldn't. No, I should. <laughs> yeah. Are you not a Thin Lizzy fan? I don't hate Thin Lizzy. Yeah. They, I have friends in Chicago who are die-hard. Thin Lizzy fans. In an obnoxious way, and they've ruined that song for you forever. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> I've done a play that they use the in, which is uh, part of how I know it, but then they're just huge, like they know all the deep cuts, and yeah. it's kind of crazy. Uh, anyway, Music Raygun is the podcast where we pick a music artist, concept, or topic, and then we watch YouTube videos centered on that topic. And it's an interactive podcast because yeah. if listeners go to musicraygun.com slash playlists, we have playlists of the videos that we watch for every episode. And it's fun. Yeah. It's a good time. Yes. I, I hope so. I, I, I know so. People Paul. have said so. They might just be being nice because they're my friends and family. Word on the street. Yeah. Uh, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, many services. If you go to our website, you can click on them all. We are in the process of getting on Stitcher, if anyone uses Stitcher. Oh, cool. We're also in the process of getting on TuneIn, which if anyone has an Amazon Echo, once we're on TuneIn, you can say, Alexa, play Music Raygun Podcast. And how great would that play. be? Yeah. Oh, do that, guys. Yes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Music Raygun. Also, if you go to our website or any of our social media now, you'll notice a Fresh new website, yep. updated, much more usable. Yep. The playlists, it used to just be like linked to YouTube, mm-hmm. and now the playlists are embedded right on the website, so you can watch them all there. Like fucking pros we are. Yeah. Although, yeah. people can also just subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Yeah, make it I w- easy. I would suggest that too. That makes it easy. It's all there for you. And um, my cousin, Kyla Pelucci, who's a graphic designer for HBO, owed me a favor because she tricked me into consulting on the show Vinyl a couple years ago. Oh my god. Yeah, she like was was asking me questions about music for like an hour, an hour and a half, and I thought that she was just asking her cousin yeah. and like appealing to the music nerd in me. Yeah. And then it turns out she was doing graphic design for Vinyl, and I was like, I could have fucking gotten paid. Where's, yeah. my, where's my check from HBO? Yeah. Come What's on. Your cut? So, so she did our new logo, and it looks great. Free, and it does look. It's great. really badass. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I collected payment a couple years later, but <laughs> worth it. Um, it was worth it. Yeah. She did a really good job. It's great. Yeah, because it used to just be clip art that I found <laughs> yeah, I was and like, colored in on in yep. Photoshop. I was like, Paul looks great. I don't know how to do that, so Paul, take care. Of yeah. <laughs> but she took our old, like the old kind of corny logo we did, and sort yeah. of made a cool version yeah. of what it was. Yeah. So made I'm it really legit. Yeah, anyway, uh, some other business. We, we did get mail from Uncle Mark. Uncle Mark! He said he thinks the saxophone episode, our last episode, is the best one yet. That's awesome. Which I was very happy to hear. Even with the half-hour in-depth discussion. No one has complained about that. Good, yet. good. I hope it was as funny to everyone else as it was I to loved us. it. I loved it. Um... He, he had an interesting note on the Spandau Ballet video, which uh-huh. he said reminded him of David Lynch, which I guess... Maybe the colors. I can see that. Like, he also yeah. said the lead singer reminded him of Kyle MacLachlan, so that could I can see it. that. Yeah. The lead singer did a movie called The Craze. Yeah? Which he, he played... Is it Lynchian? It is, because it's about two British... It's about British twins who are killers or something like that, mm-hmm. and he was he played both both roles. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. 
Maybe maybe that he maybe he saw it and maybe that yeah. was sort of in his head. I don't know. Tell us, Uncle Mark. But he had the most to say about morphine, which I didn't know that he and my aunt Louise are morphine fans. But knowing their other taste, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Just like it didn't surprise me when you said Anne. Yeah. Is a fan. Yeah. So he had some interesting notes. He said morphine was a favorite of mine and your aunt's. We for, we first saw them for free one afternoon at Water Place Park, which is in Providence. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Mark Sandman's autograph, which is something we never do. I did not know he used only two strings. That is mind-boggling. I'll have to look for the documentary you mentioned. And then he told me some stuff I didn't know about. Dana and Bill, the other two band mm-hmm. members, still gig with Laurie Sargent doing vocals. That band is called The Twine Men. Laurie had a hit with a group called Face to Face in the early 80s. Oh, I don't know that. You don't know Face to no. Face? So, wow. they're still gigging look with the lead singer Face to Face. Yeah. So, um... That was, that was some notes from Mark. Yeah, Mark. I also want to address a couple of corrections. Oh, this is going to stress me out. <laughs> it's things that I say. Oh, oh good. Although you didn't correct me. Yeah, one, of them's, one of them's small. Okay. And one of them's big. All right. And I think you had the opportunity to correct, correct me in both instances, <laughs> but you just let me steamroll through it. <laughs> okay. I'm Way back see. in the grab bag episode yeah. when we were watching the... Video about the punk compilation. We yes. were talking about Crowded House. Yes. I said I love Neil Flynn. Yes. Which was a slip of the tongue because it's, it's Neil, Neil Finn. Finn. I, which I could say is a slip of the tongue, except I said it twice. You know what? I didn't occur to me till just now that it was Neil Finn. Yeah. Just now. Here's realized. the thing. I do love Neil Flynn, who's the actor who plays the janitor on Scrubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that dude's great. Right. Yes. I love Neil Finn and Neil Flynn. Equally? But in the context of the context of the conversation we were having, yes. that's a total nonsense. Neil Finn. Okay. Yes. Okay. Here's here's the sort of bigger correction All I right. have to make. I completely miscategorized against doctor's orders the whole time we were talking about it. Oh really? Like several times. Like I really kept doubling down on it because I made an assumption about Kenny G, and then in my head it became fact, mm-hmm. and I extrapolated whole bits about yeah. Kenny G that I just pulled completely from my ass because I don't actually know anything about Kenny G. Yeah. But somehow, like, I had thoughts about it and then they became facts in my head and I said them as they were facts. And so, Against Doctor's Orders came out in 1988 and I said, this is like pre-Songbird. I was oh, talking about how it was like was before he went yes, smooth yes. and stuff. Yes. Because for some reason I thought that Songbird was 1990 or the early 90s. Oh, but it so actually, Songbird was before. It was before. It came yes. out in 1986. That's right. And I think Against Doctor's Orders came out on the album Silhouette. Maybe? After the After Songbird. Songbird. So, honestly, so in my head, yeah. 1988 came first. So I am completely invented this whole history of like, <laughs> oh, before he was a smooth jazz artist, he did this court, sort of like funky shit. Yeah. Which is not true at all. No. He was already smooth. He just had that yes, one Yes, he had, he had moments of that. Right. No one actually called me out on this. <laughs> I'm glad I you called yourself out on it. Yeah, I was just Googling him and found it myself. I'm. You know what? I probably heard that and glossed over it because I was just so excited to be talking about Kenny G to someone. That's fair. So it was... I was in the overall scheme of life, it's not <laughs> the most important thing in the world. No, what's important is that we got to talk about Kenny G. Yeah. That's the yeah. important thing. I mean, you know, by definition, this fucking podcast is trivial. So I yeah. feel terribly embarrassed about it. <laughs> but luckily, the tens of people who actually listen to the podcast yeah, yes. were all like friends and family of ours. Yes. Probably no one among them is no. more of a Kenny G fan than I am, so no. they wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. So he passed. Yeah. yeah. But it was a pretty big mistake. <coughs> Remedied. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's get into what we're here to talk about. Let's do it. Kirk, why are we here? What are we here to talk about? We're here to talk about our bands from our hometown. That's right. Yep. Cleveland for me. Northeast Ohio. Northeast Ohio. Because we've got one or two who maybe aren't quite from Cleveland. Yep. Close enough. Yes. Yes. And all of Rhode Island for me. (laughs) Because Rhode Island's tiny. It's tiny. And not a lot of music comes from Rhode Island, really. Okay. So it's, it was tough to find stuff. Did I, you go New England? You went strictly Rhode Island. I went strictly Rhode Island. Okay. The thing is, like, you know, Providence is an hour away from Boston and three yeah. hours away from New York City. So it it doesn't really, I guess, make sense if you're a band to stay in Providence when yeah, that makes there sense. are bigger scenes yeah. so close. I mean, Providence is an extremely cool city. It has yeah. a really thriving art scene because of RISD and Brown yeah. University and stuff. But bands don't really tend to come from around. But I did manage to find enough and interesting ones and good ones oh, to good. fill the episode. So we're going to do six from you, six yeah. from me. I'm hoping I recognize some of them from Rhode Island. There's at least one that you will recognize and possibly be pretty excited oh, about. Oh, good. Awesome. Um, I think to switch it up this week, instead of just going alternating yeah. you and me, I put them in chronological order. Oh, nice. So well at done. certain points, each of, each of us will have a couple in a row to talk about. Perfect. But I'm going to start it off because we're going all the way back to the 60s. Alrighty. For an extremely kick-ass but almost totally unknown garage rock band. Mm-hmm. You know the compilation Nuggets? No. Nuggets was a compilation from the 70s, I think, that uh, Lenny Kay compiled. Of now all stop these, you here. Who's Lenny Kay? He was like a punk rock guy. He played a Patti Smith's band. Oh, okay. All right. Good in the 90s, Rhino re-released it as a four-CD box set mm-hmm. with a bunch of added stuff. But basically what it was is it compiled, like, kind of obscure singles from, like, local garage bo- garage rock bands from around the country. Because mm-hmm. in the 60s, you could have, like, a really big regional hit, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like, a right. band from Cleveland that. or something yeah. would, would cut a 45 that, like, yep. is a big hit in Cleveland but doesn't really kind of make it outside. We, of the, we have that on the list. Yeah, sure. We'll talk yeah. about that, yeah. So Nuggets, a lot of the songs that ended up on that compilation are kind of like classics now, mm-hmm. but especially when that record first came out, they were sort of unknowns. Yeah. Um, we're going to look at a band from Rhode Island called The Others, who were not on Nuggets, but it's exactly that kind of thing. Okay. And they, they ended up on later sort of similar compilations. Mm-hmm. Um, but they formed at the University of Rhode Island, which is my alma mater, nice. in 1965. Mm-hmm. And they cut like three forty-five singles, so they only ever had like six songs total yeah. over their four or five-year career. But their first big, you know, regional hit yeah. was this song called "Can't Stand This Love Goodbye." Can't stand this. Is there a comma after "Can't Stand This"? Love? I mean, they don't include the comma. You <laughs> or I would because we're professional <laughs> editors. And yeah. um, but it totally belongs on Nuggets. It's okay. great, like proto-punk garage rock. And it's not a video, but it is one of those YouTube videos that has, it's like a photo montage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll see various photos of these guys. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. I like the name, The Others. It's a good name. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good good basic garage act name. It's already so sexy. Yeah. I love, all right, just looking at this picture, like, that could have been taken today. Like, 
Yeah. The, the yeah. hipster look of them yeah. is so, like, classic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All these guys. It looks really modern. Yeah, this guy with the T-shirt and the, the hair, yeah. Yeah. I love this guitar hook. Every time I hear stuff like this and I'm, I'm meshed it all together, I was like, oh, it's surf music. And I know it's, it's not. It's, 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 yeah, it's not quite, but it's still. It's not quite, just that, that feel. That's a great, that was a great uh, head, uh, photo of a yeah, publicity photo. Yeah. 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 That look is a little more dated. That is a little more dated. That must have been later in the 60s. Does anyone in your family know of them? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, they were like regionally popular when yeah. they were around, but I don't know if my parents... My parents would have been a little young. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't have been in college yet when these guys yeah. were in college. So they hard to see them. Like, I love that this clearly was recorded from a 45 because it's got that crack. Yeah, yeah. crack is the best. I love the lead singer with the camera. Yeah. It's always cool. Oh, look at that. It's like there's cops in front of them. Like, as they're playing. <laughs> like, that must be a big enough venue. I guess. To hire or it's just, just, like, rowdy enough rock and roll that it's still terrifying. I mean, yeah, like that photo, that could be now as well. And I love, it's so New England too with their fucking pea coats, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, the pea coats are awesome. Yeah. But the rest of their songs are a little more, they're a little, their ballads a little bit more. They're not as okay. garage punky as this, but this to me. Do you call this proto punk? I mean, in the sense that all garage rock. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this style is sort of a problem. Yeah. Like, kind of like the Kinks or Paul Revere and the Raiders, oh, that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's true. I hear that a lot with the Kinks. Yeah, so okay. that's just kind of a rare, yeah. uh, obscure yes. Rhode Island thing. Those know what they're doing now. Yeah, like, well, a couple of years ago they reunited because they were inducted into the Rhode Island Music Hall of Fame. Oh. They, like, played a gig. Your city has one too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a small enough state that they're they were big enough to make <laughs> yeah. it into. Oh, that's cool. But they apparently at the time were big locally. Yeah. Um, the University of Rhode Island is not in Providence. It's in the southern st- part of the state, like in the middle of like farm country. Oh, okay. Uh, and near like the beach or the beach community. Oh, all right. so they were sort of like a, you know, they played like the beach area. Oh, all right. They were that kind of band. That sound makes sense if they're playing like the beach area. So. Yeah, 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 but even. They're not, like, super famous even in Rhode Island. Like, I found oh, them okay. myself a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Just because I was putting a playlist together on Spotify of Rhode Island stuff, kind of oh. like I did for this. Yeah. And was just Googling Rhode Island bands and found, like, some garage rock website that that's just funny. has histories of, like, all of these little bands. Oh, that's cool. And their various pockets and scenes from 50 years ago. Uh-huh. Um, but I genuinely think that record is kick-ass. <laughs> It's a Paul. It's a Paul record. Yeah, not your not your taste. Not my taste. Yeah, but I like the photos a lot. Yeah, they're cool looking. They're dudes. really cool looking yeah. dudes. Yeah. All right. So the next one. Uh, oh, oh! I almost forgot another interesting fact about that band. Yes. After they broke up in 1969, uh, two of the guys went on to form a band called Chelsea, which you probably wouldn't have heard of. But the interesting about the interesting thing about that band was it featured a pre-Kiss Peter Chris. Wow. Yeah. 
That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Wow. Again, they weren't famous either, but yes. Peter Chris still was really bad with two of the guys came from out of the it. others. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, the guy in Kiss who even the rest of the guys in Kiss don't like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that guy. <laughs> that dude. Right, right, right. Uh, okay, so uh, tell me about the Daz Band. I love the Daz Band. The Daz Band uh, came out of Cleveland in like the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um Electro R&B funk group. Yeah. They their hit that you know. They're, what we're gonna hear is not their biggest popover. They only had one crossover hit called "Let It Whip." Okay, it doesn't. I don't know if I. You'd hear You'd hear if you heard. It, you'd be like, "Oh, this is Let It Whip." I kind of know this. It was their big hit. I thought I knew them at first when you sent me this video yeah. because I was thinking of the song "Daz" by Which the band Brick. Brick. Yes. Is there a connection there? I thought there was because, but not really. Uh, Brick was before Daz Band. Yeah, and, and the Brick, song Daz is defined as disco jazz. They also have uh, their second less popular hit, Duzik, Yeah, which is disco music. Okay, that's, that's sure. Brick. That's a so, little dumber. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daz is a better song. Daz is a great song. I think I think the Daz Band kind of borrowed from that. This, I mean, I would suspect that at, yeah. at the very least they took homage. the name, like, yeah. we're going to do Disco Jazz. Yeah, which is but what there's it was. not, like, there's no shared band no. members or direct No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. So they, they, they broke big in the early 80s, uh, and so they had, like, three or four R&B hits. The song Let It Whip uh, was really big. That might have been, like, top 20 mm-hmm. uh, uh, pop in, like, 83 or 84. Um, okay, so this this is happening in Cleveland. You're a kid in Cleveland at the time. You're like a preteen. Yes. Do you remember them from when they were big? Were you aware yes. of them in the moment? I remember Let It Whip because I, I have distinct recollection of like mowing the lawn, listening to the radio on my headphones. And they're like, hey, here's the Daz Band. Yeah. And like number 24 with Let It Whip. Like they, they, they played American Bandstand and all that. Yeah. And then they had, and then I bought their second, either the second or third album, which had Joystick on it because it's a Joystick. And back then it was arcades were big. Sure, sure. And you're like, oh, there's a song called Joystick. Did and you have an Atari or did you just want an Atari? I had an Atari. Okay. I had, an Atari. <laughs> I had a friend who had an Intellivision and Intellivision was bullshit. Right. <laughs> so we, that's a different podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this song is called uh, Joystick, Joystick. Yeah. and it's very uh, R&B, electro, funk. Right. And I think they're off of, this is why, also why I wanted this. And this is them on Soul Train. Yes, yes. which we need to do a Soul Train show. That has completely Absolutely. Absolutely. We have, I have certain clips from Soul Train. So many Soul Train. They latest album on the Motown label entitled Joystick. And they are the with the best voice So yeah, they were. I mean, they were signed by Motown, so they 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 were nationally known. So you can hear that kind of electro funk sound. Yeah. And they all dressed alike, <laughs> which is what you did in R and B. Yeah, you can definitely tell it's early '80s and yes. not late '70s because yes. of that that sound. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, and it's funny because they're an actual band. They're not like a singing group. Yeah, this is a, a this big is a band. band. This yeah. is a big band. And this was around, this was at the tail end of like bands. Because then yes. everything eventually just became singing groups. Like nine or ten guys on the stage. Yeah, yeah. And they all, they all played, they all sang, recorded their own stuff. It's funny, even now, 
they look really old to me because I remember them as a little boy. Yeah. But they're probably like 20s, in their mid-20s or late 30s. You think they're that young? They might be in mid-20s, their 30s. Late, early 30s? Still, still younger than me. They also look like a mix. Like, some of them are maybe in their yeah. 20s, some of them are maybe in their 40s. Yeah. yeah. But this was a this was a medium hit for them. Yeah. Um, I you th- like it better than uh, Let It Whip? I thought I thought Let It Whip would be too obvious. <laughs> uh, Coming from the perspective of a Cleveland boy, yes. I thought it would be too obvious. So I was like, Oh, let's do Joystick. It might just be a hole in my knowledge. Maybe other people know Let You'll It. You'll know Let It. I do. Yeah. Uh, and also because I used to break dance to this. Uh, a yeah, lot. you definitely have a, a consistent taste. Like this is. Yeah, similar to Prince. Oh yeah, uh, this is all like in my process and the two heads. Yeah, yeah, all the very similar. This is, this is like my early childhood upbringing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I'm very, I love like very synthy, very R and B funk. Yeah. Um, Especially when it's a band like that, so straight from your hometown. Straight from my hometown. Um, they weren't as, it's funny because I didn't know them as like, I knew them first as a group that had a national hit with Let It Win. And then later on, you'd hear, oh, they're from Cleveland. You're like, what? Really? How are they from Cleveland? Nothing comes out of Cleveland at this time. Well, there's another band from Cleveland we're going to look at down the line that's like unique for the genre of yeah. being in Cleveland. Like this. Suits and ties. Suits and ties. Still have the classic R and B. Yeah. Setup. Yes. Yeah. And I like it because it's like a bunch of singers, two keyboardists, guitarists, bassist, drummer. It's a it's it's a whole production. I have to tell you, I can't picture how breakdancing to this looks. Yeah. Uh, it's a little cooler than like. Well, you would you would electric boogaloo. You would pop with it. You would lock with it. Yeah. Not so much. Not so much people. All right. You would, you would do a lot of like you could do like a lot of ticking with this. Yeah. A lot of uh, um, a lot of popping. A lot of the robot you do this for. Like, tell me in what context you were, were just at like parties you were breakdancing or were you uh, doing them school at- dances? Yeah. Um, and then I, but not at like shows. No. You were just, no. You were doing it like a social no. context. In social context. Showing yeah. off. Showing off. I did a lot. Of, I was, girls. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was involved in a lot of dance offs. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> which is a whole other life. But I did a lot of dance offs from like age probably 13 to like 22. Okay. Where I would just like challenge people. You were just like self-taught? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then tell it to college. And then you actually became a yeah. dance band. Yeah. 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 So that's the dance band. Yeah. That was cool as hell. Yeah. I'm not familiar with it, but um, it makes perfect sense from what I know of your taste. <laughs> That that was a pick for you. Yeah, I'm glad that was the first one in. We're going to stay in Cleveland. Yeah. I had said to you when we were putting this episode together, you picked six videos. You yeah. sent them to me. I was like, look, only one band here is not from Cleveland, yes. not from your hometown. Yes. So if you want to swap something else from Cleveland in, we could do pure Cleveland for your half rather yeah. than call it Northeast Ohio. And you were like, no, yeah. I want Devo in yes. there. And I was actually glad you said that because they're one of my favorite bands oh, of all time. I love yeah. Devo. I like Devo. I'm not like a Devo fan. I like yeah. all their stuff. Every time I hear Devo, I'm like, oh, their stuff's cool and they're interesting and fun. Um, but yeah, they're from Akron. So they're like the LeBron James 
of this uh, of this section. Because okay, I know you're talking about sports, basketball, basketball. LeBron James is not. I know from, that he played for the Cavs. He but, still plays for the Cavs, but he's from Ohio. He's from Akron. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, him. and Akron is well, like less than 45 minutes away from Cleveland. Sure, it's a smaller city, uh, but. Um, LeBron is from there, but because he's a basketball god, Cleveland has embraced him as his own. It's like he's from Cleveland. He's from Northeast Ohio. He's from Northeast Ohio. Ohio. It's, a, it's a region. Yeah, it's a region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's how I feel with Devo. Because Devo was so big. Yeah. Um, They're was, also from, they got together at Kent State. Is yes. What I know about them, which yeah. isn't in Akron. No, it's not in Akron, but it's about an hour outside of Cleveland. It's pretty close. Yeah, it's, all, yeah. it's still all Northeast Ohio. Yeah, it's still Northeast there, Ohio. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had friends that went to Kent and stuff. Um, so I was always just always proud that more so than the Daz band. I like the Daz band better, but it was always more, hey, Devo's from our area. Yeah, I mean, they're one of the yeah. coolest and most highly regarded bands yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, and you also picked, like, one of my top five, maybe oh, top excellent. three favorite Devo songs. This, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't do Whip It. No, that's too obvious. It's too obvious. Did you pick this one for a particular reason, like because of the video, or you just like this song? It's that's good. I like. Which I like. Is, that's I think good. on Oh No, it's Devo. I think album. so. I like. I like. Uh, this is my second favorite song by theirs. After Whip It. After Whip It. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm this is going to sound like the snobby, yeah. pretentious music fan. Yeah. My favorite Devo song is the B side to Whip It. Oh, that's. It's called, it's called Turn Around. It's such a music snob thing to say. The less music snob reason, <laughs> I, the, the first version of that song I knew was Nirvana covered it. It's on their, oh. their Incesticide compilation with oh, all the okay. like B-sides and rare tracks. Uh-huh. So Nirvana did a version of Turn Around. Oh, okay. Which is why I like it. All right, fair enough, fair enough. But let's just play this. I think this is like their, I just like, it's 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 like fun and poppy. and. Yeah, this is a really poppy. I mean, they do a lot of stuff that's weirder than this, but... Yeah. Um, this is the album, this is one or two albums after Freedom of Choice, which has Whippet. Oh, okay. But, um... This is just a great time. Yeah. And Mark Mothersbaugh's a genius. Yeah. I mean, he's... I think, doesn't he do, like, soundtracks yeah. and stuff like that? He did the theme music for Pee-wee's Playhouse, That's which I grew right. up with. Yes. He did the theme, the theme music for the cartoon Rugrats, which I grew up with. He did the show that my kids watch when they were younger called Yo Gabba Gabba. I love Yo Gabba Gabba. And they have a fucking great... Yeah, so many good bands showed yes. up on And he was show. always on it. Yeah, that makes sense. And he also did... He does soundtracks, and he did the soundtracks for the first few Wes Anderson movies. Oh, okay. Which are okay. great. Pretty classic Devo. They're all wearing yeah. uniforms. Um, it's also it's fascinating to me that a group this eclectic and weird came out of Northeast Ohio. I mean, it sort of makes sense to me in a weird way because it's always those kind of square places that yeah. generate like the truest weirdos. That's true. That's like true. how all, why do all serial killers come from Milwaukee? <laughs> Because <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a tiny, cold city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if they came, if they came out of New York, if they wouldn't have been noticed. That's true. They would have been like, "Oh, it's another fucking art band." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Um, 
that's sort of that David Lynch thing. Of yeah. Weirdness comes from those small places. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can only imagine when they were starting out and, and they came, like, say they drove 45 minutes to Cleveland. Yeah. They had to be like... Someone in Cleveland was like, who the fuck are these well, I mean, there's footage of them performing at Kent State in, like, 1971. Really? That's so and it's early. Like, who was at their shows yeah. and who liked it? Yeah, who was like, oh, they're really great. Because you're still in the middle of Vietnam and, yeah. like, hippie rock. Yeah. And then these guys at that school are doing... And, I mean, their earlier shit was way weirder than this yeah. new wave kind of vibe. This is way more accessible than the early stuff. Yes, very so, much so. When you watch footage of them in college, you're like, what were people thinking? Yeah. Who liked it? Who was yeah. this for and who liked it? I mean, possibly the answer is no one. <laughs> Which would be fine with that. Yeah, there's. <laughs> yeah. But this is definitely one of their catchier. Like, yeah, that's why I like it so yeah. much. It's one of their catchier ones. It was between this. Uh, with it, which I was like, that's too obvious. And then uh, Satisfaction, which I don't really like that much. Oh, their cover of Satisfaction. Yeah, yeah that's from their first album. Yeah. Which is oh, it is their first album. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was like, oh no, that's good. That's a that's a good one. I really yeah, enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. There's a cool uh, there's cool footage of them uh, doing that's good on Letterman too. Oh really? It's just oh, sadly the quality of it on YouTube isn't high isn't oh, that high because okay. it's like a VHS recording. <laughs> yes. Got like dubbed and dubbed and yeah. dubbed and then put on YouTube. So yeah. All right, we're going to go back to Rhode Island. Okay. This is the song I know you're going to recognize. This, I just looked at it yeah. and had no idea that this was Rhode Island. Yes. I know I know the fuck out of this movie. Of course. You, you This bears some ex, ex, uh, explanation. Though. Yes. Even the video on YouTube is credited to the band Eddie and the Cruisers. <laughs> yes, which is not a real which band. Which is not a real band. Yes. Okay, Eddie and the Cruisers, as you know, is a movie. Yes. About a band called Eddie and the Cruisers. Starring Michael Pare. Right. Who I fucking love. And it has Joe Pantoliano Tom in it. Tom Berenger. Yeah, it's not that good. It's, but it's got that sort of cult classic status. Yes, where it's, it's on cable a lot. And yeah, just kind of I watched it a lot. Yeah. It's one of those that I grew up with. It was, I don't think I saw it in the movies, but it was always on like HBO in the 80s yeah. and stuff. So I've seen it a lot. Yeah. The, the main song from it was a big, it's like a classic rock radio yes. staple. Although I might be overestimating it in that sense because obviously, because they're a local band, it was on classic rock radio all the time. No, when this I was, was up, a big but, song. But it was a big song. This was a big song going. Do you in. think it's still on classic rock radio everywhere now? Because. Uh yeah, a bit. I bet you they play it every now and then. Yeah. It's uh, it's like, the it's the song on the dark side. Yes, which people will probably it's probably the biggest hit in this whole episode. Probably that yeah. was a big ass. Yes, hit. yes. The actual band is John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Yes. If people know another song by them, it's another soundtrack song. Uh, well, they also had Golden Years. Okay. Or Tender Years from... Ten, I'm sorry, Oh, from years. Eddie and the Cruises. Yes, so, which was a, the ballad, which was a milder one. But yeah. I know another song by them. I don't know if it's from... The soundtrack them. song? What's the soundtrack They had song? the soundtrack, like the hit song from Rocky IV, Hearts on Fire. Hearts on Fire, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they also like had the a, Eye of the Tiger of their, Rocky IV. Yes. Okay, they are. See, they were big. They yeah. were huge. They had another big hit called Living in the C-I-T-Y. Yeah, I, I vaguely know that yeah. one. Yeah, that was like their last big hit, which was kind of a hokey song. Yeah. 
Um, but the story of them is a, a lot of people, I think, still when they hear the song on the radio, think it's Bruce Springsteen. Yes. Because they sound, I mean, they have that Jersey Shore sound. They have a very Cleveland rock sound, too, that people appreciate. Okay. Like, that sound is like a Cleveland, people like that kind of iron steel industry. Sure. Sound. But they get compared to like other Springsteen like yeah. kind of bands, like uh, Southside jo- Johnny and the Asbury Dukes. I can see that, yeah. Or Jukes. Yeah. And uh, they're not from New Jersey, they're from Rhode Island. That's amazing. But they're uh, they're like a Narragansett band, which is like the beach community. So it basically is like Rhode Island's Jersey Shore. <laughs> so it does sort of fit the mold. Yeah. And the band, like, the setup is just, you know, like, with the saxophone and the same band setup is like the E Street Band. That, that's so funny. It's a real similar looking vibe yeah. to that Jersey Shore It sound. definitely is, yeah. Yeah. The, but even more specifically than being from Narragansett, John Cafferty is from my hometown. I'm not technically from Providence. I'm from North Providence. Okay. Which is the smallest town in the smallest state. Wow. Really? Yes. How small do you... I don't do know. What do you want square mileage? I can't tell. <laughs> it's population. It's not the smallest by population. It's oh, okay. Because, because it is still in, like, an urban area. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but he's from North Providence, and I like I went to school with his niece and nephew. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so he's he's very specifically the closest to my hometown because he is from it. Nice. Um, but again, not a Providence band. Even, even in Rhode Island, not all the bands I picked are from Providence. That's hard. It's hard to do. Yeah, because they go up. Like, look... Maybe the biggest band to come out of Providence is Talking Heads, which okay, nobody yeah. in that band is from Providence, but they all went to the Renowned but, School of yeah. Design, and that's where they formed the yeah. band. But they went to New York City, yeah. and they were a New York City band. Yeah, that's how I said it. purposes. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think it's rare for bands to come yeah. from Providence. But they had this sort of, even today, they still play around Narragansett. They still play the beach communities. John Cafferty and the Beaver Mountain. Yes, they're still like locally popular. Play those three big hits, man. Well, let's play On the Dark Side because people definitely know this. And it's, you know what? It's fucking good. It's a good song. I hadn't heard it in in, a few years and I was listening to it for this episode. It's a great intro. It's a great fucking intro to the song. But they were, I mean, they were the band for all the music in Eddie and the Cruisers. Yes. Which is a movie about a band. About a band in the 50s, in the 60s, early 60s. Yeah, yeah. Who, the lead singer disappeared, and whatever happened to him, did he die? I mean, it's a dumb movie. Yeah, it's not great, but it's it's cheesy good fun. Oh, it's cheesy good. Yeah. I remember the scene in the movie when this happened mm-hmm. because Tom Berenger was the pianist yeah. and he's playing a ballad. He's playing this old ballad. Oh, okay. And everyone's laughing at him and Michael Paré. And he's like, no, man, it's good. You shut up. You shut up. And they speed it up and then they all start clapping and it became a big hit. Well, they do the same thing in uh, That Thing You Do. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure there are other <laughs> fictional music like where that's like a consistent they, thing. They all stole from Eddie and the Cruiser. Oh, this song brings back memories. Yeah. The Rhode Island classic, man. It's just, to me, this is also sounds, this is why I'm amazed that they're from Rhode Island. Yeah. To me, this is like a Heartland song. It's I a mean, rock and roll Rhode Island Island has song. its, like, it was an industrial city and yeah. it became run down and working class. It has that element yeah. to it. But Rhode Island, like, culture parallels New Jersey culture in a lot of ways. Oh, okay. So, it makes sense to me. Yeah. 
Oh, so this could have gone in the last episode with the pickaxe. That's right. I knew we just forgot about this it. This is Anton Tunes and Tunes. <laughs> I mean, Anton, uh, Anton Andrews or something like that. That's genius. Yeah. I mean, that, that bass is, is working hard. It's a band. It's solid. Yeah. You know there's a sequel to Anton Andrews. Yes, I do. Which is god I've never even bothered to watch. It's really bad. Yeah. Eddie the Cruiser's to Eddie Liz. Yeah. Oh, battle. Where Eddie tries to teach a young boy how to become a rock <laughs> And that's literally what it is. It's really nice. I have to say, I've never seen them live. It's funny, when you dialed up this video, I thought it was going to be, because there's so many in the 80s, there was like movie clips to the song. Oh, yeah. So I've the, never seen this. The only other version of, of it that I could find, because like you said, a lot of the videos would intercut yeah. the live performance with clips from the movie. Yes. The only other quote-unquote official video for it I could find was just straight up Eddie and the Cruisers oh, okay. performing it yeah. without showing John Cafferty and Beaver Brown. But yeah. that's why it's so curious to me that this is credited on YouTube to Eddie and the Cruisers. Yeah. Not John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, even though the video itself shows no Eddie and the yeah. Cruisers footage. That's true. It says it right there. That's yeah. so odd. But I think people still think of them, of this song, as being, if they know it at oh, all. Oh, yeah. And they don't think it's Bruce Springsteen, then they think it's Eddie and the Cruisers. If you said, uh, if you played the song and you're like, this is Eddie and the Cruisers, they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. But if you played it and went, this is John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, they'd be like, no. Well, yeah, probably no, for SEO right. purposes, labeling it this way. Because so, people might <laughs> you're not. You're such an editor. You're right. They might not remember yeah. the name of the song. They're just like, yeah, the Eddie and the. I mean, they're definitely, people who are looking for this yes. are probably searching for Eddie and the Cruisers. And rightfully so. Right. Yeah. They ha Unfortunately for John Cafferty, they didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Beaver Brown Band isn't the That's best name good. in the world. John Cafferty's good, and if you just say and something something band would be better, but yeah, yeah, Beaver yeah. Brown is not not. Is there a reference? Is that a Rhode Island thing? Is there like a not as far as I know? It's probably some dumb sexual in joke that they had. About <laughs> Beaver, That's, you know yeah. what I mean? Beaver Brown, get it, guys? And they're like, yeah, we'll yeah. call it that. Like for as as smart and pretentious as Steely Dan wants to be, they still name their band after a <laughs> yeah. dildo. Yeah, it's true. From a book, it's very true. It's like you dumbasses. <laughs> You're not that cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go back to Cleveland. Yes. Uh, an act you're going to have to tell me all about. This is uh, the Michael Stanley Band. Sure. For those in the know, MSB. Because if you were cool, uh, okay. you'd call them a little MSB. Now, well, when if you I, were cool, probably didn't listen to them. But. <laughs> no, they, were like, they were that example of, they had national hits. They And I I wanted to do, uh, they were on American Bandstand. Okay. And, but it's just an interview. It's not the song. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. Uh, but they had like one or two national, two. They had like two national hits. But they were so huge in Cleveland that in my mind they were a bigger band. Like I always assumed people know Michael Stanley Band because they were so big in Cleveland. Kind of like how I was wondering about Beaver Brown. Yeah. Like I grew up hearing them on the radio constantly, but it still might have just been because they were local. Exactly. I'm, not, I'm still not exactly. sure. But. Like, their stuff got... They had stuff that got played on MTV a little bit. Okay. Um, they got stuff, you know, they played American Bandstand. Michael Stanley, the lead singer, is, like, still in Cleveland to this day, and he's, like, a local celebrity. He's, he might... I'm sure he's got a... Does a radio show. He did, I'm assuming. He did, uh, for, like, decades, he did, like, a TV show, like... 
welcome Cleveland. Like, it's like, here's what's happening in Cleveland. I'm Michael Stanley. And like, oh, like, not as a musician, but just yeah. as a host? Yeah, like, and I think they still play. I think they still play, like, like Huel Hauser bands. used to do California's Gold. <laughs> yeah. He's the Huel Hauser of <laughs> Cleveland. Okay. But we'll get a lot of people to come because there's such goodwill towards this guy. Yeah. Um, so this is their song that's dedicated to Cleveland. It's called My Town. Okay. They so not one of their not one of his biggest hits, but the biggest hit that they had uh, was about a year or two earlier, uh, called He Can't Love You Like I Do, which was sung by the drummer. And that's what got them on American Bandstand. And then they had a couple they had a song called The Heartland, uh, which charted, I think. Uh, this was this played on MTV, I know, because we saw it. Uh, but this is the song that still plays at Cleveland uh, sports events. Uh, so it'll, they'll play it at the Brown, Cleveland Browns. They'll play at the Indians. They'll play it just when you know midway through a game. They'll be like, "My town," and we're like, "Yeah, sure, my town. sure, yeah." So this is Michael Stanley Band, right. "My Town." Turn it on. Oh, with a little bit of MTV bumpers. Yes. That's also why I wanted it as proof. Yeah. That it was on MTV. <laughs> it was on MTV. I want my MTV. The pickings were slimmer in the air. They're like, okay, we'll play this fucking Cleveland band, I guess. Got I don't mean to shit on them. I don't even know them. <laughs> it's, you'll hear it, you're like, it's, a, it's Midwestern rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very... Never enough. Yes, Mr. Bowie. Uh... And it's all shot in Cleveland. So this was Cleveland in 83. This like Mellencamp small town. Yes. Like a left yep. <laughs> Yes, exactly right. And that's Michael Stanley right Ooh. there with the beard. Still has the beard growing up. Okay. Kind of a Kenny Loggins sort so of So you'll see this. He's flashing back to when he was a kid playing in a band. Yeah. And I know a kid in this video. Ooh. Once they this show. Is, what, 80, 83? 83. This is a big deal. Oh, look at these Cleveland Joe Bagadonuts. <laughs> I love it. Love it. So that's supposed to be him as a kid? Is a ki- uh, no. Oh, he's not flashing back yet. This is oh. modern times. Modern 83 of going through Cleveland, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> he's so cool. So cool, man. So riding a convertible. Now he's jamming. And here's the yeah. big chorus. This town is my town. And then oh, I go, can definitely yeah. picture how this is like a sports yep. arena. Like this. And you'd always go, this town is my town. Everyone yells, Cleveland. <laughs> and it was just great. Oh, yeah. It's definitely got that, like you said, like that sort of. I don't want to say uh, Seeger because you hate Seeger. <laughs> but it is. No, that it's Melon there. Camp it Seeger yeah. kind of. That Midwestern working rock. Working class rock. Yep. Blue collar rock. That's that's a lot of Cleveland. So I think that's why, because Cleveland is, especially in the 80s, was a blue collar town yeah, because yeah. it was all steel industry. Um, as opposed to now, now it's all about the Cleveland Clinic. So it's changed a lot. But, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of like blue class, uh, blue collar uh, roots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is the anthem for that. This is the anthem for it, yes. So, uh, did I miss it? Did I miss my friend? Okay. Cleveland! Yeah. <laughs> right there. Okay. That guy? Yeah. Is that a friend of yours? That is... That looks like he's about 13, which is how you... Yeah, well, you would that is uh, Matt Assini. Okay. Uh, I went to... Uh, 
high school with him briefly before he left uh, my high school. And the reason why he's in this video is because his mom dated Michael Stanley. Oh. Yeah. And his mom was hot. His mom was smoking hot. His mom was Stacy's mom? Yes, exactly. Dude, not to go off on a tangent, but Rachel Hunter was in my office building yesterday. Stacy's mom, you know, the model. Yeah. yeah. I saw Rachel oh, Hunter. Oh, what a good day. Yeah. No. So Stacy's mom is top of mind. That had to be mentioned. <laughs> that had to be mentioned. Uh, so, what's, yeah. his, what's his name? Matt, Matt, Matt Assini. Assini. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Clean cut looking Cleveland kid. Yep. Pinned in the video. Yep. With his potential stepdad trying to score some points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> oh, wait. That's Mattacini. <laughs> so, okay. We were looking at the guitar player, but it's actually the, the guitar player. Because, yeah, that's Mattacini. The okay. guitarist is his brother, Tadacini. Okay. That's what it was. But well, Matt was your age. Matt was my age. Matt was my friend. And Todd was older? Yes. Todd was like a couple years older. Okay. So that's Mattacini right there. The Assini brothers. The Assini brothers. Got to be in the video. You got to be in the My Down video. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do you think do they still live in Cleveland? I don't. I've talked to them. I haven't seen them since like I was like sixteen. So I imagine if they're single, they're probably still trying to tell women. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was in the my town. My town. Hey, you know MSB? <laughs> yeah, I was in it. And he's selling it. Ooh, yeah, he's really uh, he's hamming it up. Yeah, he's hamming it up. That's kind of a cool thing that he lets his kids be in his video. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't date that long. Okay, now we get the, uh, you know, the rock and roll guitar solos, and we just go through Cleveland. Hit the guitar shops of Cleveland. I feel like this is, he's putting the band together. See, that's what it is. He's putting the old band back together. Oh. I just realized that from the first time. So much 80s hair. Oh, so much 80s hair. Dudes with feathered hair, yep. women with perms. Yes, everyone's smoking cigarettes. Yep. <laughs> God bless Cleveland in the 80s. This is so perfect to come right after John Cavill. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It fits well. Yeah. I wonder if uh, MSB was in the running to be the Eddie and the Cougars guy. <laughs> It'd be great. They're like, we're this close, man. Yeah. We're this close. <laughs> Everything about this is just screaming Cleveland. This is this is good stuff. And I imagine if I were from Cleveland, just the waves of nostalgia. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was uh, maybe like two years ago, I was in visiting family yeah. and with my family, and we just walked into this. Um, you know those like flashback stores of like there's a bunch of nostalgia stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And we, as I walked in, they were playing a Michael Stanley song, not because it was. Uh, it was just on. Yeah. And I ran up to the clerk and I was like, oh, did, wh- why are you playing this? this is and she was like 18. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> she's like, I don't even know who this is. And I was like, it's Michael Stanley Band and it's Cleveland from the 80s. She's like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> she's I was like, why are you bothering? Yeah, why? <laughs> I'm just fucking working your guy. <laughs> but I was all excited. It was stupid. And it wasn't my town. It was just It was, other. he can't love you like I love you. Oh, okay. Uh, their first big hit. Because she might, she might have known my town Maybe. if she goes to the sports games. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. She's like, dude, I don't know. Are you gonna buy I, something? I grew up here and I live in LA now. Yeah, I just I came to the store and now. Yeah, she's like, what are you gonna buy something, dude? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the specific impatience of teenagers. Yes. All right, we're gonna stay in Cleveland. We're staying in Cleveland for a bit because of the chronological. I like it. This is a big hit song. This is a big hit. I'm not a fan. 
But I have Neither am I, but I have some things to say about Eric Carmen. Yes. Cleveland's own Eric Carmen. This is Hungry Eyes, which people certainly know from the soundtrack to Dirty Dancing. Yep. I also know him. He's in one of the greatest bands of all time. Okay. Very interesting that you say that. I kind of thought you might knew it. The Raspberries. The Raspberries. I had this discussion with my friend Mike Byer last night on the phone. He's from Chicago. Mm -hmm. I grew up with him in Cleveland. And I was giving him the breakdown. And he was like... I said, I put Eric Carmen in. He's like, why didn't you put in the, the raspberries? raspberries? If it were up to me, it probably would have been and Go All the Way by the Raspberries. That's a great song. Yeah. It's a great, great song. And I was like, but this I, is more you, Kirk. Yes. This is a little more me. I love I love that song. This song I hate. But I was also <laughs> like, oh, it's a bigger song. And I kind of like this song. Do you really? A little bit. It's also fascinating because... I remember seeing the video on like VH1 yeah. when I was a kid and kind of liking this song but it might just be because of Jennifer Grey <laughs> yeah. love Jennifer Grey right 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 love Jennifer Grey but this was uh, like yeah. this is the soundtrack to my crush on Jennifer Grey <laughs> so that, I think that might be a big reason <laughs> why I like be. the song fair enough it's also one of those things where I'm always fascinated I'm fascinated by as we've talked about uh, bands or artists that start off like rock and hardcore or not mm-hmm. hardcore but edgier and then go soft. Well, the Raspberries are like one of the godfathers of power pop, yes. which I am super into. Yeah. Like the other bands that are in a similar vein, like early power pop are like Badfinger. Yeah. Or some Todd Rundgren and okay. like Big Star. Yes. Okay, I know. Yep. Which I love all yeah. that stuff a lot. But out of those groups, the Raspberries are are easily like the softest of them. Yes. And the you know, the least edgy. Yes. Like go all the way is a pretty it, it toes the line of soft rock, I would say. I see I don't know because I it's a little so much more peppier and it's the guitars are a little harder. Yeah. And for me for I mean, me compared to, go, to Hungry Eyes. Compared to Hungry Eyes. And then, like, I almost, I couldn't put it in because I actually hate that song, All By Myself. Yeah, this is way better than yeah. All By Myself. Yes. And then he had, like, Turn the Radio Which is on. just, like, Wine Rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wine Rock, yeah. This is, so this is a little better. There's a little backstory, yeah. so I put it on. And also, you, I mean, know of my obsession with Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze is a great. I don't like Dirty Dancing that much, but you still get to see some classic Patrick uh, Swayze stuff. Dirty Dancing is not great. I did see Dirty Dancing when it came out. I went on a date. I took a date to it. Jill. Jill Schneider. <laughs> Hi, Jill. Took it to Dirty Dancing. Oh, no, what about Donna? Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, no. <laughs> Donna was a little earlier. Yeah. Donna was early 80s. This is later 80s. This was like 87. I mean, this was a, this was a single off the soundtrack. Yeah. It's not like one of the forgotten songs. No. Other than... Time of My Life. Time of My Life. This is probably the biggest hit off yeah. of that. This is a huge hit. Yeah. Yeah. Not as big as Time of My Life, bigger than She's Like the Witch. Yes. And for, I'm sorry. For sorry, Patrick. Yeah. That's another bad song, too. You know what? How wait. How dare you? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I love me some Swayze, but that song is Purple <laughs> Platter. <laughs> Eric? I, you know what? I take it back. This is actually not a bad no, song. No, it's, it's, it's okay. It's 80s and it's a little cheesy, but... And I would totally dance with the girl at the eighth grade dance. <laughs> Sp- first spindle ballet, and then this. Yeah, this was actually a. I mean, I think this. I was going into senior year when this came out. 
This is 87, I was yeah. doing the kindergarten. <laughs> oh, God, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. But yeah, Jennifer Grey. Oh, I love you. She's great. She is the cutest. Oh, she's so great. I actually like her more in Ferris Bueller, which is a little bit Yeah, she's a little mean. She's got a little she's dude. right up my alley. Yeah. yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's right for us. But Eric Carmen got shit. He's got the 80s hair. I mean, he's always he, had What is he hair. doing now? Anything? I think on Wikipedia, I think he does like the local serve. I think I think he lives off royalties. He's yeah, got enough or he can. Yeah. He's got enough royalties that I mean with hungry eyes and all by myself alone. Yeah, yeah just those two alone. Yeah. And uh, uh the raspberry song uh, Go All Away. Away. It was I wonder if that's a moneymaker. When you're a young band in the It was in a movie recently and I can't remember what one it was. And there's a couple of, it was been in a couple of movies. You never know who like has the rights and actually yeah. collects the money though. He got a little sump. He I mean he didn't get by a lot, but he got something. He's got the publisher. Yeah. And it, it, if it's a performance of him. I thought for a second there was gonna be a sax solo in there. <laughs> I really did. I was like, it feels like there should be. <laughs> it feels like there should be. It's a glaring omission from Mr. Carmen. Now again, here's the weird thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's oh, there a, was, ooh, and a sexy lady is what yeah. I'm sure she's the actual saxophone. I 100% she she did this performance. <laughs> she looks like a magician's assistant. <laughs> yes, because she's got the gloves, <laughs> and the fishnet stockings. Now, obviously, Eric Carmen, yeah. much bigger for than Michael Sandman. Okay, yeah. I still associate Michael Sandman as the bigger Cleveland band. That makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah. That, especially that song is specifically yes. like a Cleveland anthem. Yeah. So even though I'm Eric like Carmen just happens to be from exactly. There's a. It's interesting that I'm just realizing it's not. It feels like there's a distinction where you're like, oh yeah, Eric Carmen's there. He's a big star from Cleveland. Or Michael Stanley's mine. He's, he's yeah, 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 me, yeah. You know, like Eric Carmen was almost too successful. <laughs> you lost <laughs> into the world. I lost Eric Carmen to the world. Yeah. The world stole Eric Carmen, but they never stole MSB. That, this I, I misspoke. This is probably a bigger hit than "On the Dark Side" by John Cash. I think so. Brown. Yeah, yeah. Because I movie. mean, "Dirty Dancing" was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, You're probably right. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna stay in Cleveland. Yep. We're gonna watch another song from a movie. Yep. The backstory to this is we've talked before about those viewing parties I put yes. together for yep. me, you, and Katie. Yes. And this is one I stumbled upon when I was looking at for stuff from the late 80s. And it's a song from a movie I never heard of in my life. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because it's never been released on... I think maybe it got a VHS release, never on DVD. Yeah. It's not something that was ever on cable. Yeah, I think maybe just now in the past year or so they play it on VH1 Classics. Oh, like do they? Every okay. now and then they'll play that, yeah. So I literally heard of it for the first time a few months ago. Yeah. And I was like, because the movie takes place in Cleveland, I yeah. was like, Kirk, do you know about this? You're like, hell fuck yeah, I do. Yes, I do. It's it's a movie called, what is the movie called? Light of Day. Oh, the movie is called Light of Day. Too. Yes. The song is called Light of Day. Yes. The movie stars, incredibly, yes. Michael J. Fox yep. and Joan Jett. Yep. As brother and sister. Brockers. Who have a band together. Yep. Also, Michael McKean plays their bass player. Yeah. And it, they're a band from Cleveland. And what's the plot? Do you fill it in? Because you know better The band than is from Cleveland. Yeah. It's the strife between the brother and the sister. 
mainly because the sister has a, a kid, I think it's a son, mm-hmm. but she's out partying all the time, so she's struggling to be a good mom and and struggling with the band at the same time as they try to make it out of Cleveland. Yeah. It's a drama. It was not... Yes. It was one of those where my you can tell it from the music video. It's yeah, yeah. It was a small movie, but it was a small movie, and it was yeah. one of those you could tell. Like Mel J. Fox is like, I did some big movies. Yeah, to put it in context, this is '87, I think. So it's yeah. post Back to the Future. Yes, Family Ties is still on. Yes, but this is Michael J. Fox going for like, I want some respect. I want to yes. do like a serious right movie. before I, before the, this was before Bright Lights Big City, mm-hmm. but just like right before it. So this was the big like. Almost like indie drama because yeah. yeah, it's a heavy like family drama. It just happens to be set in Cleveland in the rock and roll scene in Cleveland. Yeah, which is interesting because I was like, I don't remember that big of a rock and roll scene in Cleveland at that time. But yeah, so it's, it's got that vibe of like former former industrial town. Yes, people uh, are struggling. People are struggling. Yep. Blue collar. Yep. They shot it in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the interesting thing: Who wrote this song, "Light of Day"? Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen wrote it for. The movie, yeah, which is weird. He's never put it on an album, although you can find he does it in concert yeah. every once in a while. So there's video on YouTube of him doing it live. Yeah, but he wrote it for Joan Jett to do it, and and Michael J. Fox. Yes, and this was a it was a hit. Yeah, the, the movie was not by any means. Uh, the so song. it's technically not a Cleveland band. No. Because Joan Jett and Michael J. Fox are not yes. from Cleveland, but if you credit it to the band within the story, yes. It's kind of like an Eddie and the Cruiser scenario. Yes, very much. And it's evocative enough. Well, it's the reverse of Eddie and the Cruiser. Yes, that's right. Because Eddie and the Cruiser is an actual Rhode Island band playing for... It's the flip side of Eddie and the Cruiser. And it's a great fucking song. It's a great song. And Joan Jett just kicks ass. Joan Jett's the best. So, of course, it opens with all these Cleveland Cleveland factories and steel mills. If we do our, like, music Raygun movie club, this has got to be our our first. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because I had, still haven't seen it, and I want to see it's, it. I'm sure it's not great. It's not great, yeah. it, it, but it's it is weird. Just like a weird. This is the type of movie I like. It's a it's a it's it's one of those things where like I'm sure Michael J. Fox is like, guess what? I'm doing this movie, and they're like, okay. <laughs> like yeah. the Iron Rail's a real bar. It's them just trying to work the bar scene, and they're like, the, the song is the ending of the movie. Sure. Yeah, because they're happy while they're yeah. performing it. They dealt with their shit. Yeah, they've got they they've come together. This is them. This is like as as big as they're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. And from what I understand, Joan Jett still does this in concert too. She sure is a great song. And it's also, also fun. Michael J. Fox looks so fucking cool. Oh yeah, very dated look, but yes. he looks awesome with his feathered hair, his earring, yeah. and yeah. he looks like Joan Jett. Yeah, he does. They look brothers. So they look great together. And Michael, Michael McKean acts looks like Michael McKean. Playing Jack McKean going, yeah, I, I can play love bass. Michael McKean. I've, I've been awesome. finally watching Better, Better Call Saul. Oh, he's great. Yeah. He's so great. Yeah, there's Michael he's being top thrown yeah. out there, throwing out the boyfriend of his of Joan Jack. Yeah. Little kid. Even Michael McKean's a little mullety. Right yeah. There. yeah. Yeah. 1987. It was all, all melody. Yeah, man. Oh yeah, that's right. And there's a mother dying, um, so it is real heavy family drama. Yeah. yeah. The um, I, 
I remember a, a big thing is like there was a, a one of the guys in our like drama class in high school yeah. who went to be an extra in the bar. Uh, so like his, you can see him pass by and like, it was like a big deal. Like, oh my god, you're gonna be in a movie. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, this is my J. Fox. Like I gave you back to the future, now one for me. It really is a one for you. Because this, I mean and I'm still surprised that it's, it's even though it's probably not the greatest movie in the world and probably didn't make a ton of money, like the cast is big enough that you'd think it would get at least a token DVD release. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not on DVD. I looked on Amazon and all I saw was like, weird. Old used VHS. Yeah, it did not do well. Yeah. And it was not a hit. The song was a hit, the movie was not. But yeah, they played on VH1 Classics. Yeah. Fair enough. I didn't even know the song. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was that, complete, completely new to me. That was like a big deal. It was also such a big deal, like, Bruce Springsteen wrote it? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm sure it's a good little movie. Underrated. The only thing, the only thing I remember from this movie is a line from Michael J. Fox where he's like, "If you can't lower heaven, then raise hell." (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why that always stuck with me. Is that like the tagline on the poster? I don't think so. If you can't lower heaven, then raise hell. It's not a bad tagline. That sounds like a tagline to a horror movie. That's true. I don't even remember the band's name in it. Yeah. Their credit is, it's credited as Joe Jack and the Black Blackheart, but, but uh, I don't yeah, remember the yeah. band that they went by. It's the, the Barflies or something. <laughs> yeah, it was some sort of bar name, yeah. but yeah, clearly in the 80s, man. All right, we're going to skip ahead to the early 90s now. Yep. Rhode Island. I wonder if you remember I know this them. band. Yes. Spins. Another and like said. <laughs> oh. Yeah. They're from Rhode Island. Yes. Again, not from Providence. They're from Newport. Okay. Throwing Muses is the band. How far is Newport from? Newport's on the southern oh, okay. end of the state. I mean, it's a tiny state. It takes less than an hour to drive from end okay. to end. But, you know, Newport's the resorty beach area. Yeah. It's closer to URI and Narragansett, where the other bands oh, okay. we okay. saw are from. Um, but they grew up in Newport. Well, the band is two stepsisters. Yeah. Uh, it's Kristen Hirsch and the more well-known Tanya Donnelly. Why is she more well known? I know you, throw you, you, you don't know Tanya Donnelly. I don't recall. I'll explain. Okay. Uh, within the context of throwing muses, um, Kristen is like the more she wrote most of the songs. It's okay. more her band. Okay. And then also Tanya left throwing muses in like '91, and it continued on with Kristen. So it's more Kristen's band. Okay. Tanya Donnelly is a bigger deal because in 19... They, they, throwing Muses formed in, like, the mid-'80s. Okay. The song we're going to listen to is from 91, and Tanya Donnelly wrote and sang the song we're going to hear. Okay. In 1989, she formed a band called The Breeders with Kim oh, Deal yeah. of the Pixies. Okay. Breeders are great. Yeah. Their big hit is Cannonball. I love that song. Tanya Donnelly had already left The Breeders... Before Cannonball, because Cannonball's on their second album. Oh. But she's on their first album, which is more of like a big cult hit. Like it's Kurt Cobain's favorite album. Okay. She formed another band that had a hit. Do you remember a song called Feed the Tree by the band Belly? Yeah. Tanya Donnelly's band is Belly. Belly is technically a Boston band, but also everyone in that band is from Newport. Okay. Oh, interesting. That kind of counts. Yeah, that's a great song. But yeah, so Tanya Donnelly was was involved. 
in three pretty big, like yeah. early alternative rock bands. Throwing Muses, The Breeders, and Belly. Belly is still like her thing. Yeah. Um, they broke up in the late 90s, but they're together again. They got back together like last year mm-hmm. and are touring again. So Belly is like her main thing. Okay. But I love this song. This is uh, Not Too Soon by Throwing Muses. I know this. From 1991. And this is that kind of like poppy yeah. alternative rock that's just my thing, man. And she's also super cute. She really is. That like 90s headband. Oh, it's look. a great look. Yeah, that's Crystal. Okay. Oh, it's so 90s. Yeah. The other interesting thing about this band, if you look at the drum kit, what's it missing? Let's see. Okay. That's a weird hook there in the chorus. Yeah. I don't think I'm familiar with the song. Do they have another bigger hit? Throwing music? Yeah. Um, I think this is the biggest. Okay. Yeah, I just know the name. Yeah. This doesn't sound familiar to you? Vaguely. It but wasn't I'm a, a huge hit, but, you know. I, it, it's in that, in that kind of grunge was big. i sure I heard it. Yeah. just didn't register it that much. The fashion is extremely 1991. But this is still, like, just... By a matter of months, pre-Nirvana, where yeah. like where alternative rock is still college rock, yeah, and yeah. it's just on that moment where yeah, it's alt just music like became a four ninety two hit. Yeah, yeah. Hey, they're not showing the drama, and I want to know what the situation. is. I'll just tell you. Yeah. Uh, Okay, no, he has the symbols. Earlier on, when they first formed, the drummer didn't, he wasn't a drummer, he was just their friend, and they were like, all right, you're going to play drums. So he got, like, a used drum kit, but it, he didn't, it didn't have symbols, or he couldn't yeah. afford symbols. So for the first few, like, EPs and records, the drums have no symbols playing at all. That's amazing. Yes. That's so funny. And even here, he's just got the hi hat. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. There's nothing there. That's true. So it's sort of a little more percussive. Yeah. Yeah. Now I keep thinking I've heard this song because this part sounds familiar. Yeah. You might have heard it in college. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Some girl you were trying to make out with listening to it. Some theater girl was listening. I was like, oh, I love the red muses. They're great. Grunge is one of those things where, as I get older, I go, that's good. <laughs> I mean, we haven't talked about it, but you sort of adamantly hate I, I, growing When it came out, because it wasn't R&B and hip-hop, I was yeah. like, ah, I don't really like it. Which is the exception of, like, Nirvana, which, of course, everyone loves Nirvana. Yeah. Uh, most of it, I was like, bleh. I mean, you were the prime. I mean, you're... I'm dead, I'm dead center. Gen X of, I was like, like, yeah, when it came out, I was like 20, 21. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, whatever. Oh, no, of course, because you were into pop yeah. and dance music, yeah. and it's the opposite of everything yeah. you love. But there was some stuff that I uh, this, I like Nirvana. I agree with you that I have never liked Pearl Jam. 
Yes! Thank the fucking Lord. We've talked about that. I love Nirvana. I yeah. love other grunge yeah. bands, but I have never, never liked, liked Pearl Jam. Yeah, I think they suck. So, yeah. <laughs> so we agree on yeah, that. Yeah, we agree on that one thing from grunge. All right, we're going to go way more alternative with this next, finally, Providence. <laughs> I want to say that the name sounds very familiar. This band is called Six Finger Satellite. But I might be just making that up, but it sounds familiar. I don't know why. Yeah. They're, they're sort of like post-punk influenced. When I listen to them, I t- the main influence I hear is uh, Gang of Four. You know okay, Gang of I know Four? Gang of Four, yeah. They sound to me like a 90s Gang of Four. And they're also a, some, kind of a precursor to some bands from... Like a sound that became prominent in the late 90s and 2000s. So to okay. me, they're sort of a bridge between that Gang of Four style post-punk of the early 80s yeah. and kind of an electronic rock sound of the late 90s. They're, they're unique. Okay. Um, in fact, one of the guy who produced a, a couple of their records, I think maybe one, mm. at least one, and was also their sound engineer was um, James Murphy, who formed LCD Sound System. Like, oh, okay. After, years later. Oh, wow. Um, the, the interesting story that they're sort of infamous for, Six Finger Satellite, is uh, they sent a demo to Sub Pop Records, which was like the Seattle yeah, alternative yep. label, yep. and they made like a typical like alternative rock sound mm-hmm. demo that was nothing like their actual sound just to get signed and they and they totally tricked Sub Pop into signing them based (laughs) on this demo that's genius like they just cut a a record that they knew Sub Pop would like and then Sub Pop signed them and they were like great here's our real record here it is so uh, that's genius yeah so oh uh, I love that let's listen to some Six Finger Satellite I'm sure I don't know the song so I don't know why no you definitely (laughs) don't even the video is pretty obscure although this video was featured on Beavis and Butthead yeah, I have no idea. What year was this again? This is 95? Wow, it feels like it's... It feels and looks like it should be, like, early fun. Yeah. This does not sound 90s at all. It doesn't really sound like anything else, does yeah. it? No, not at all. No, I don't know who these people are. No. Uh, they broke up in 1998. They reformed in 2008, and my boss at the time joined the band. Oh my god! I was working. I was temping at a blood bank, and my boss was just like an office guy there who was like office manager in, in my department. And he was he was in a bunch of province bands. He was like yeah. a punk guy, and he was involved in the noise rock scene, which I'll talk about later. Okay. But um. He had, before Six Finger Satellite reformed, been in a band with the band leader, Jay Ryan, from okay. in a band called Von Ryan's Express. That's a great name. Yeah, and uh, so when Jay Ryan decided to reform Six, Six Finger Satellite, he asked him, a guy named Dan St. Jakes, who's been in like a dozen different Providence bands. Another great name. Bass player. Yeah. That's so fun. There's a video you can watch on YouTube of Dan. He was in a band called Landed, which is this really loud noise rock band. And at a show in like 1997, he was the lead singer for that band. He set himself on fire. Oh, Jesus Christ. And like ran out into the crowd to start the show. No, no. And there's footage of it on YouTube. Oh, that's bad. Like he soaked his t-shirt in rubbing alcohol 
and set it on fire, ran into the crowd, threw it on the floor, rolled around in it, then did a whole show, then went to the emergency room. I mean, that's badass and stupid at the same time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He's, he's uh, punk rock for real. So now when these guys came out, we were like, oh, fuck yeah. Or, I, I was unaware of this group when they were a thing. Okay. okay. Um, oh, yeah. This is 95. Because even for alternative rock, this was sort of a Yeah, this is this pretty underground. This is really underground. Yeah. And I know this isn't to your taste. I think no, it's, no, it's no. cool as fucking. I don't know what to do. I wonder if Anne would like it, though. No, it'd be no. too much. Oh, this is, if you think this is too much, <laughs> we've, we're going to talk about another band a little bit that makes this look like the Beatles. It's uh, funny. But I love this shit. I mean, this is just weird. It's a little industrial. But, although, speaking of industrial, we should mention, there's a huge band from Cleveland that we at least have to mention. I, I was going to say we were about to mention that. I, I did, I did I put think neither of us like them. Uh, yeah, Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails yes. from Cleveland. Here's the story. I, I was having a uh, having a conversation with my friend Mike Byer yeah. about it because he's like, did you, did you put in Nine Inch Nails? I was like, no, I'm not yeah. that big of a fan and they're they're almost too big. And he's like, we saw Trent Reznor in high school at a high school dance under in a band called the Exotic Birds. <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah, I know the Exotic Birds. Exotic you birds, remember the band but didn't remember that? I had no idea that Trent Reznor was part of it. And they were like, because Exotic Birds is one of those bands that, you know, one of many bands in many seasons were like, they're going to be big. Yeah. They're going to break out. They never did. But they played a high school dance and uh, he's like, yeah, no, Trent Reznor was part of it. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. But yeah, no, I didn't want to put in Trent Reznor. That's fine because I don't like Nine Inch Nails okay, either. Okay. So I have no, but it's worth mentioning that from Cleveland. Yeah, I wanted to, I, the only reason to put them in is because they're, he's so big. Right. I was like, oh, it can be But that's not what the show is about. No, not this at all. This is what we wanted. There's, yes. a, there's another, for their time anyway, big band from Rhode Island that my parents were like, how can you not include them? Because I don't like them is the reason. A uh, band called the Cowsills. Oh God, they are from. Oh, they're they're, they're right. also from Newport. They're really they were, big. They were a family band. Yeah, like the the Osmonds before the yeah. Osmonds. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. I'm glad you didn't put that on. Yeah, because I don't like that stuff. Yeah, that's but, so uh, funny. But they're from Rhode Island they're too. Big. But yes, I'd rather have Six Finger Satellite. Yeah, cool as fuck. <laughs> uh, we're gonna take a hard left <laughs> turn. We are in terms of genre. Yes. And this is another one. I this is probably the biggest hit. Yeah, on the, on you're right. Playlist. Now that we say, this I is forgot huge. that this was on it yeah, when we this were starting. Now that I think of it, this is huge. And this is also what I mentioned before. It's like not a lot of hip hop comes out of Ohio, as no. far as I know. Not too much. But no. Bone Thugs and Harmony is a big oh, fucking. That's one of them. Yeah. Yes, they are great. They were discovered by who? Easy E. Easy E from yes. uh, NWA. Yeah. Discovered them. I don't know how he got his ass out to Cleveland to find <laughs> no, them. They must have must have been like a mixtape or. Yeah, Some that made the rounds. Uh, They're so good. Yeah, I was in already in LA when they came out, and when I first yeah. heard them, I was like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, they're from Cleveland." And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> thank God." Yeah, I mean, uh, okay. Are there any other hip hop acts, big or small, from not just Cleveland but Ohio at all? There are that I'm just blanking on. Yeah. I thought there was one from Cincinnati that I just can't remember. I mean, for the most part. Part hip hop comes from yeah. the East Coast, the West Coast, or in the last Chicago. fifteen years, the South. Yeah, it's mostly the South. Yeah, yeah now it's mostly the South, um, but not a lot of Midwest hip hop. Yeah. Out of Cleveland, I mean, it's all Bone Thugs. I can't think of anyone yeah. else. Well, they're not only great rappers, but they've got that 
almost boys to many like each person has their own little yeah they're yeah. they're they're, they're, they're rappers but it's also yes. sort of a vocal band yeah they're very their sound and their the way they rap is just so different now even now like I hear it now I'm like it's so different than anything I've ever heard yeah and it's amazing to me that they're out of Cleveland the way they sound I have a I have a kind of a funny Bone Thugs and Harmony story like apropos of nothing yeah but I just like to tell this story a, a friend well not a friend of mine but a guy I know from a friend mm. this guy Jimmy who I uh, used to hang out with through our mutual friend worked at a hotel in LA mm. I don't remember which one the Roosevelt or something yeah and uh I guess Busy Bone had booked a room, a room mm. one night. This is a few years ago. And someone, like, stuck him up in his room, like, knocked on Busy Bone's hotel door oh, wow. and robbed him. Mm-hmm. So after he got robbed, Busy Bone goes down to the front desk where my friend Jimmy was on duty. It was late at night, so he's just by there by himself. This Busy Bone had to tell him he just got robbed and to call the police. He goes, Busy Bone told me what happened. He just looks at me and goes, they had pistols. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm like, I can so picture busy uh, saying that. God bless it. They him. had pistols. That's awesome. That's what I think of now every time. That's all I would think of. That's yeah, great. Yeah. So let's just play The Crossroads, which great. is a huge hit that everyone already knows. Yes. Yeah. I want But it's still worth revisiting. The song I wanted, I love The Crossroads. I mean, their other big hit is First of the Month. First of the Month. I love The Crossroads more. Yes. I but what I wanted to put on, but there's no video for or there was a video for it, but I couldn't find it anymore, is uh Take Me Home. They're playing oh. with Phil Collins. Oh yeah, I have heard that. Which yeah, I yeah, love yeah. just because I love that song. Right. And the rapping over it is great. Yeah. But and I know there's a video out there of them together with you know Bone Thugs Army and Bone Thugs and old Phil ass Collins. Phil yeah. doing it, but it wasn't on YouTube, so so I went with the crossroads. This is also like the CGI in this video hasn't aged well, but at no. the time this was also a huge video. Yes, this they was played a this huge all the video. time, and it's this thing. Of, I mean, the crossroads is about is a song about death. Yes, and the video has this like Grim Reaper character who keeps going around collecting yeah. souls. Basically, it's a genuinely sad song. It is. Yeah. Well, it's actually like an updated version of a song they had called Crossroads. Of, like on an earlier oh, I EP didn't know demo, I didn't know that. At and all. when Easy E died, they like re-recorded it as a tribute to Easy. Oh, so this this re-recorded. So this is the. I mean, obviously, it's the more famous version. Yeah, I don't know the other one. It's actually it's a lot different, but it's yeah similar. Just that everybody's yeah, it's got on. that almost kind of DOS effects. Yeah, I love DOS effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm almost like is there unless I put this on and, and rehearse it, I can't, I can't, no. rap over. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. memorize this. It's too hard. It's, it's that flow. Yeah. So like, yeah, also, I think Busy Bone was like 16 or 17 oh, when this wow. came out. He was, they were young. They were kids. And it's also, when they came out, it felt like, uh, it was like, I thought they were like Dirty South. Because oh. they, they had that kind of, uh, they kind of had yeah, that vibe. They, yeah. they didn't have like a, that like hard hitting like, urban one. It just felt like slower. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not like there's a defined Cleveland sound. No, I guess it's not. No. I, I, how do you, I think it's hollow. It's so good, though. 
This is the part I always remember. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's the one you can always you can always sing that part. <laughs> and you stop and you just listen. And it's also the part of the video I always remember. Yeah. The, he's playing dominoes or whatever with yeah. the old guy and the Grim Reaper comes and this is the image I have of the video. Oh, okay. Where his eyes go black yeah. when, when the Grim Reaper touches his forehead. Yeah. I mean, that hook is just, <laughs> whoa, this. Oh, yeah, that's that hook is crazy. Yeah. I love it. They're, yeah, they're a little bit R&B. Yeah, that's probably why I like them so much. That was also one of the, because we're going to eventually do our, our hip-hop show. Yeah. But, like, it's that thing where, like, I was really into hip-hop, and as I've gotten older, I've gotten less and less into hip-hop. You mean into like newer stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just one of those things that just and not because I there's nothing that I hate. I'm like, oh they suck or any new artists. It's just that it's I well, don't you have to have the privilege of growing yeah. up in the golden age, yeah, the early nineties. So whenever like there's like little pockets of like something I like, I'm like, oh my god, I like them now, I like hip hop now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, this is one of those times. Uh, for me it was the tribe called Quest. See, that's so funny to me because you were at that age where they were like. Yeah, but again, I found them later. I, oh, you did find I, them I later. kind of find them in, found them in college. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that is late for you. In the early 2000s. That would be really late for you, yeah. Oh, the big reveal at the end of the Grim Reaper is actually an angel. Yeah. And he's taking this come to heaven. So it's a little happy. And there's little ghost Easy E. <laughs> little ghost Easy E. Yeah, Stone Cold Classic. Yeah. From cool. Cleveland. Yeah. Yep. Proud to be from it. <laughs> from the All land. Right. That's it for, That's it for Northeast Ohio. Yeah. So we got two more videos, and we're going to stay in Providence for both of them. Not other areas of Rhode Island, but Providence itself. Sticking directly into Providence. Yes. Now, in some ways, for some people, this next band is the biggest band to ever come out of Providence. Okay. Even though... You might not have heard of them. I don't think so. Because they're sort of underground in their own way. But but Providence is kind of the epicenter for noise rock in general. And I know of noise rock because of you. Sure. So that's yeah, I, maybe, I think I've maybe sent you stuff by this band yeah. before. Maybe. I just know like we've had conversations where you've talked about noise rock. Yeah. I've never really heard the phrase until you said it. In the late 90s, a lot of these art students who were in these noise rock bands sort of squatted in like an abandoned warehouse and that was like where they had their noise shows and it was sort of the the uh, headquarters for the noise rock scene okay it was called Fort Thunder great name yeah my my boss who I was referring to yeah. like all these bands that he played in you know a lot of it was like incestuous in terms yeah. of a lot of the guys played for a bunch of different bands yeah um but Lightning Bolt is the band that's sort of internationally known that came out of this scene. Are they the, like, poster boys for noise rock? I would say so, yeah. Okay. Brian Chippendale and Brian Gibson. Okay. Both of them were RISD guys. Mm. Um, Chippendale plays drums. Uh, Gibson plays bass, but it's so, like, goes through a special setup that doesn't sound like bass it sounds yeah. like guitar huh. as you'll hear you are going to hate this <laughs> you're going to hate it uh, I love that we've already set it up that but way especially if Six Finger Satellite you're yeah, like I don't was, know what to do with yeah. this 
that was really melodic compared to what we're going to hear. <laughs> okay. But I hope you'll appreciate, this is going to be a live performance of their, right. of their Stone like Cold hit, Dracula Mountain. I like the name of the song. And you'll see, like, when they play, the crowd, they're not on stage, they're just on the floor, and the crowd just forms around them and moshes. That's already stressing. It's really intense, and it it will stress you out. I'll say this. I can't consider myself a true fan of Mm. Lightning Bolt or Noise Rock in general, because not only have I never seen them live, I would never want to. I was going to ask you, have you ever been to a Noise Rock concert? Well, I'm going to kind of make a big confession. Sure. I don't love live music generally. Oh, okay. I'll go to shows and have a good time, but I don't like crowds. Okay. I don't like the body heat. Okay. You know, I just get sweaty. I don't like standing around with a bunch of other people. And a lightning bolt show, as you'll see, (laughs) is the fucking epitome (laughs) of everything about live music that I hate. No, thank you. Just watching this is like the most stressful situation I can imagine putting myself in. Yes. But the music I love... It's it's so loud and just noisy yeah. that I like to listen to it while I write. Oh, really? Or yeah, work. Yeah. Because it almost focus? becomes, like, ambient. Okay. Right? Because it's oh. in a weird way, even though it's so loud, it's like you can almost ignore it. Okay. Um, but let's just jump I, into I it. I can't imagine doing there's that. There's really no describing. Yeah. And I will also say this. Brian Chippendale is my favorite drummer. Wow. Strong words. So I hope you'll understand, at least when you see it. So that mask he's wearing has like a microphone built into it. Because for certain songs he quote-unquote sings, but this is just instrumental. So that's the bass. Oh, okay. I see what you mean by the bass. It's got kind of a long intro, but it it leads to a... some sort of drum. It's uh, you see how the crowd is just on top of them. Yeah, yeah, and it's like they're waiting. That's typical of just noise shows in general. That's how it goes. No, like it's like they know something's coming. Yeah, they're waiting for it too. Mm-hmm. I think it's already intense, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like the fan who's like they're doing red, the point, they are yeah. fucking they're, ready to go I mean, yeah oh my god here's what's amazing yeah. is that it's stressing me out mm-hmm. I don't like any of it but they're not they're not and they're right on the music. The guys in the front are yeah. acting as a barrier. Yeah, they're yeah, putting their arms out. They're not fucking with the band. Yeah, yeah. You would think that with this music, there's like a level of respect. There's a second of like we're gonna get crazy, but we're not gonna touch the band. And this, by the way, isn't in Providence. This is this was shot in France. So it's like <laughs> wow. fans of this music know how it's supposed yeah. to go. There's like a protocol. Yeah, which is fascinating. If you watch Brian playing, he will do flips. He'll yeah. flip the stick in the middle and catch it and keep going. It's unbelievable. It's also fascinating that it's noisy and crazy. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to wear earphones. Yes. <laughs> because it's so fucking loud and I play so loud. And it sounds like chaos, but it's controlled chaos. Yeah. Like it's technically extremely proficient. Yeah. Yeah, they're not just like playing random shit. Right. But not. Like it's composed. I don't know how you can do anything to this. 
like when I you fucking crashed to it, man. Look at those people. Other than that, I, but you can almost smell oh, this yeah. video. Yeah, it's like it's hot, so sweaty. sweaty. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't clean to this. There's nothing I could do. You couldn't work to this. No, couldn't work. I couldn't work out to this. This no. is like this caffeinates me. If I'm good. And now he just went crazier. I can oh, understand yeah. how you appreciate his drumming because it's insane. It's insane and it's fast, but yet it still sounds like drumming. Yeah. It doesn't sound like just like a kid banging on it for fuck's sake. And Providence, Rhode Island, is like the capital of this genre of music. That's right. Would, did it get its origins there? Would you say? No, because they're like Japanese bands uh, that sort of influenced it. And there's a lot of stuff that you can call noise that came way before this, but. I can't believe this is France. <laughs> and they play all over the world, man. People freaking love Lightning Bolt. What a great name for this band. No, the name is <laughs> apropos. Dude, he, how exhausted? How is he not just, I don't know, man. just dead to the world after that? But it just goes right into the next thing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, my God. There there are, like, full concerts of them on YouTube. They're just... I'm, I watch from a distance. <laughs> it's fine. I would not want to be in yeah. that crowd ever, 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 ever. And they still tour? Yes, they're, okay. still, they're, they're still around. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, all right. The the last video is something real special. Okay. It's the What Cheer Brigade. <laughs> this is uh, an eighteen question mark piece street brass band that like a marching band. Okay. Yeah. That plays around Providence. Okay. That's they've got cool. they've got some albums, but like they formed in the mid two thousands when I was living in Providence right after college, and I was at a lot of like. Like block parties and oh, street right. festivals yeah. where they would just show up and play. Oh, that's cool. And I mean, to call them a marching band, sound you're probably picturing like a high school marching band, but they're like a hipster marching band. Okay, it's really pretty cool. And when you're in the middle of a of a block party and yeah. this is going on around you, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I say eighteen question mark because ever since the beginning, like the people in the band is constantly revolving. Oh, okay. I doubt that anyone who's in the What Cheer Brigade now was in the What Cheer Brigade in 2005 when I used to see them around town. Oh, my God. This is from 2008 when they were playing at the Honk Festival in Somerville, Mass., which is a a festival for bands like this, like street band. <laughs> Everybody has their something. I mean, yes. there's, there's a festival for everyone. This type it? of music isn't necessarily my thing. Yeah. But this video is a lot of fun. But and you, so you've seen them live because you've been at Ballot Block Parties and they've been there. Yeah, there's actually a video of them performing in Providence where I'm, I'm – you can't see me in the video, but I'm in – Oh, that's cool. I was there. Yeah. But it was, it's at night, oh. and so is, you can't see it as well, so I chose this one. Um, but this is really cool. This is Green Eyes, which I guess is sort of a standard oh, okay. kind of a thing. Dying a bunch of suit is freaking out too. Yeah, he's Monkey Man. That's Monkey he's Man. Monkey Man. Almost as like sweaty as Lightning Bolt. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
So they're just, you know, Providence hipsters and nerds. Yeah. And they've got this cool. this red and black. They don't have uniforms, but they have like a color code. Oh, they're okay. all red and black. Yeah. Don't worry, it's going to pick up. This so is this is the intro. This video is not in Providence. No, this is the Somerville Mass where they have honk, the oh, honk okay. festival. But you know, it's still Southern New England. Yeah. yeah. It's a Boston suburb if people don't know. And I'm picking up. Okay, so if I was at a black party, I would be like, yeah, fuck yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can totally see this. It's fun when you watch the video, but it can't. It's, it's sort of like you have to be there to get the Yeah, food. this is an example of like you're at a black party, you're like, or at like a food festival, and they're just playing. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck yeah, we lay. My mom went to the Women's March in Providence in January, and they were there for that. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's a very diverse so band. Yeah. That's cool. Sort of like Gogo Bardello, that sort of vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And the crowd looks. Yeah. Is the monkey guy a part of the band? Yeah, he is. He's a drummer, I think. Okay. Oh, there he is. Yeah, okay, yeah. I got him. Okay. Monkey man. Yeah, I got him. There's this dude who plays baritone sax who's real short. He's like maybe 5'2", and he plays this big-ass sax. Oh, yeah. oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great visual element yeah. of that, too. There's I a mean, part in the middle where the percussion section takes over, and that's when it gets really cool. I... It's what you say is very true. They're very, like, a, a hipster band. Yeah. But they're not annoying or precious about it, which I appreciate. Yeah, Providence, it's, you know, an art school city. Yeah. And you've got the twin towers of the Rhode Island School of Design and Brown University. Yeah. So it's got that hipster element. It is, but it's not, it's not cloying in any way. Yeah. And there's, some, oh, there's also some genuine nerds in the band, too, who aren't hipster at all. Yeah, you can kind of get that vibe. Yeah. I mean, they're band people. Oh, here it is. This is where it gets great. It's great, too, because they just break ranks and just start dancing. But yeah, they're just sort of like Lightning Bolt. Like, yeah. they're just sort of in, like, the crowd is in the middle of them. Certainly like Lightning Bolt, but more approachable and more melodic and more pleasant. It's a party. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... You would totally stop and watch this band. Wherever oh, yeah. Yeah. Like at 4th of July, yeah. parties and stuff, yeah. they would just... They just show up? Yeah. That's fucking cool. There's also a viral video that people might remember where <clears throat> a few years ago, like... One of the guys in the band was working at a hotel in Providence and quit. But to quit, he showed up for work at like five or six in the morning with the entire What's Your Brigade <laughs> People might remember this video. So his like his boss comes and turns the corner and sees the band just like, what is this? You guys, everybody out. And the guy goes, Brian, I'm here to tell you I quit. And he throws down a letter of resignation. The band just goes like, bah, 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 bah. and like the boss is like blowing a gasket and they just start marching out of the hotel. That's like, beautiful. Yeah. That's a beautiful moment. 
that. This is so cool to me. Yeah. I mean, they're just going off. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, 18 plus people. I mean, there's a lot of people in this band. Yeah. Yeah. And like I say, it, it changes up all the time. Yeah. From the beginning, it was like that. Like Saturday Night Live or something. Yeah. It's just... But also, I mean, a revolving of, collection of guys. The amount of time they have to get together to practice with so many people. Yeah, I can't imagine how they yeah. do it. <laughs> is there any meaning to the white cheer banner? Is just one of those things. Where what cheer is the slogan of the city of Providence? Oh, really? when when Roger Williams came to the banks of Narragansett, the Indians. Uh, I don't know. It's probably apocryphal, but they greeted in in the, whatever the language Narragansett. Yeah. What cheer is like? What ho? Oh. Yeah. That's how Roger Williams was greeted by the natives. That's a great when reference. When he landed. That's a great so, reference for the band. Yeah. That's very so the, cool. the seal of Providence has the words "What cheer?" question mark. Oh, that's great. So that's what that is. That's very cool. Meanwhile, in Cleveland in the eighties, they tried to have a slogan. New York's the big apple, but Cleveland's the plum. <coughs> Why would your slogan be like, hey, we're taking a thing from another, other, better city? Because Cleveland had some problems in the 80s. Yeah. That's why. We had some issues. That was great. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. God bless you for ending on them and not on Lightning Bolt. Yeah, I figured that would be. <laughs> that would, I feel like I've been my palate has, has been cleansed. Lightning Bolt's a little terrifying. Yeah, they were completely <laughs> horrifying. <coughs> Ooh, I have something terrible stuck in my throat. So it's lightning bolt. Yeah, that's what it is. Yep. So this is as good a time as any to. Jeez, I can't even talk. Yeah, wow, that's weird. To end the episode. Yeah, perfect timing. That's it from Northeast Ohio. Yeah, in Providence, Rhode Island. Two great areas of America. Two, you know, small but yeah. uh, with a lot of local flavor. Yep. And I hope that people feel like we shared that with them. Yeah. A little taste of our Got a better sense of where we're from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anything else? you uh, have any other than your social no. media? Anything you want to plug? No, no you books can... coming out or albums? or <laughs> Nothing, nothing no dropping. you're performing at. Nothing's nothing going to drop. drop. Nothing dropping hard. You no. can reach me at uh, on Twitter at WishILikeFlon or at uh, Instagram Kirk underscore Pinchon. And I'm at Paul Ciampanelli on all social media. Uh, and go to musicraygun.com. I mean, I feel like sending people to a website is almost <laughs> obsolete. But still, still, everything's there. Yeah. Links to our social media, links to subscribe to the show. Yeah. And if for nothing else, musicraygun.com slash playlists, you can watch all the videos yeah. that we just watched compiled for your convenience. But that's it. That's it, guys. Until next time. Thank bye. you. Cleveland! <laughs>